Hello and welcome to BTN's Take 10 Podcast. This is Alex Rue of BTN, and we're back finally after about a two-week break, um, two to three-week break actually, following all the craziness that's gone on in the world since the cancellation of the Big Ten Tournament, the NCAA Tournament, two weeks ago today, and um, in the aftermath of the fallout from the coronavirus crisis that's going on in the world right now. Um, finally back with an episode of the Take 10 Podcast, and uh, sorry it took so long, but wanted to get things going um, you know, better late than never, so had to run back into the office and rescue the podcast equipment. Once I got the, the home set up going, I was able to finally reach out and try and book some guests and, and get the podcast rebooted, so hopefully um, you know, there's people out there that now can be entertained if you have plenty of time on your hands like I know a lot of us do. Maybe uh, sheltering in place or quarantined at home. Uh, hopefully, this provides a little relief or respite from the uh, unfortunate situation that's going on with the COVID nineteen virus. So, we'll get right into it. Uh, the first guest is Shep Garner. If you're a Big Ten basketball fan, you might remember him from Penn State, from some pretty good Penn State teams from uh, 2015 to 2018 when he played there. He was a senior standout on the NIT championship Penn State team in 2018 and Penn State kind of finally breaking through this year and and them being poised to make the NCAA tournament for the first time under Pat Chambers. We really got into his role in in building that program up and making it cool to go to Penn State again uh, as a a recruit, a big-time recruit from the Philadelphia area. So a lot of good stuff from Shep. Uh, We go for about 30 minutes with him. and I definitely encourage you to, to listen to what he has to say because he, he was very genuine and reflecting on his time. And he also updated us on what he's been up to since uh, since leaving Penn State and graduating in 2018. So a lot of good stuff from him. And after that, we catch up with BTN researcher Harold Shelton. He uh, zoomed in from his house and uh, we, were able, we were able to kind of reflect on the craziness in the last two weeks how it's affected us personally and how it's affected the sports world. And then we talked some Big Ten news that has happened in the last couple of weeks in terms of transfers and uh, potential NCAA rulings on eligibility and also how this fallout might affect the sports landscape and and college basketball and football in particular going forward. So a lot of good stuff from Shep and Harold. And I'll get right to Shep's interview right now. Take them podcast interview with Shep Garner. Here it is. All right, I'm very pleased to be joined by former Penn State basketball star Shep Garner. He's currently calling me from where, Shep? Where are you right now, man? I know uh, everyone's kind of locked down, so where are you? Where are you uh, holding it down from? I'm in Chester. I'm in uh, Chester, PA, um, hometown. Um, so you know that's where I'm at right now. Just you know, chilling, staying out the way, man. Trying not to get caught with that virus yeah like all of us are kind of doing right now how are you doing just in general you know we're kind of in week two of this whole unprecedented situation yeah. how are you holding up um I'm, I'm doing pretty good i just got here from uh i was in mexico for a little bit so you know i came here about a couple of days ago so while i'm here you know i've just been trying to like stay out the way stay you know close to my family and stuff like that um, I haven't really been able to do anything. So, you know, it's good, though, because it is, you know, uh, going at a rapid rate right now. So Right. Are you, are you staying with your mom, who, who Penn State fans probably know? No, 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 no. <laughs> I was going to say, because everyone knows her from singing the national anthem, being kind of a fan favorite. So I was going to say yeah. she, she could uh, yeah. she could sing you lullabies or something like that while you're back home. Yeah, I, um, I've been going over there, though, you know, frequently just, you know, trying to do with the family and stuff like that. I got you. So for those who might not know, um, you graduated from Penn State in 2018. You were a heck of a player there and been playing professionally since. So we'll get into the basketball part of that in just a second, but I want to get into your, your, uh, last couple of weeks, just being called back from Mexico and and how everything kind of changed, how your life kind of has adjusted since. So take me through what happened, um, from Mexico to now back in Chester. So, um, the, 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 uh, I was in Mexico playing, you know, and um, I've seen, I saw the um, they canceled college and they canceled the NBA. So, um, 
everybody was kind of getting nervous saying, you know, well, are they going to cancel our league? And they didn't at first, you know, and uh, I guess the, uh, when the, when the virus started to really, you know, ramp it up, I guess that like kind of scared everyone. And then they said, you know, we just going to cancel the league for a month and see how everything goes. I'm scheduled to be back on the 20th of April. So, they said we're going to give it a month because there's not really too many cases in New Mexico. So they were like, you know, we can continue the league um, as long as it's not here. So uh, so now um, they sent us home. So now we're just I'm just home, you know, staying out the way because it is a couple cases where I live. So you know, it could be you know around. So I'm just trying to stay safe at this point. Have you heard anything update wise? Like, are you guys still planning to? restart things April 20th or is it kind of just playing wait and see right now? No, it's, um, it's, um, continuing on the 20th league continues on the 20th. That's like a guarantee. Okay. Cause I was going to say, you know, you think about all the people around the world who are, whose work is affected by, you know, the outbreak and, and whether that's waiters yeah. or people who work in restaurants, people who do events, all kinds of people in the sports industry, obviously, you know, I don't know that that many people think about, people are trying to make it in professional sports uh, like yeah. yourself. So it's good that you guys are potentially getting back at it pretty soon if, if everything's safe. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool too because, you know, I, I don't like just, you know, being in the house or, you know what I mean, confined to certain places. And, um, you know, the fact that they're saying, you know, we're going we're gonna to start it back up is, uh, is cool because at least you get to play a little bit, you know. Absolutely. So, I, I was wondering, how do you kind of stay in shape now? Gyms are closed, I assume, yeah, across the country. How, how are you kind of staying ready? You got to, you, whatever you can do in the house, you know what I'm saying, for the most part. I mean, whatever you can do in the house, you do it, you know, if, if, you know. The people with right the, now, uh, the driveway, the driveway buckets, the driveway hoops are a hot commodity right now, probably. Yeah. Right now, yeah, right now, right, so. Unfortunately, I don't have one of those, but, you know, whatever you can do in the house or, you know, at least on your porch or out, right outside the house, I think is um, preferable right now. Yeah. Have you heard from any friends or teammates in basketball about maybe some of the extremes they've had to go to to, to stay in shape? I've seen, like, videos of people working out in their garage with, like, tires and stuff on the bench and all kinds yeah. of crazy stuff. So I don't know if you've seen or heard about anything. Yeah, I, I saw a couple things on uh, social media, things like that. A lot of people, you know, putting it out there that they're you know, doing certain things. And it's pretty cool. Um, but you do whatever you can, you know what I'm saying? You do whatever you can to try to stay ready. For sure. Uh, how about, like, keeping your mind active? You know, how are you staying busy, trying to keep your sanity? I know all of us are trying to, you know, maybe yeah, pass the time. Yeah. Any new hobbies or anything yeah. you picked up? Um. I mean, you know, right? Like I said, only been here for what four or five days, I think, at this point. So, um, I've just been like, you know, being around my family, you know, just and, and my family is kind of like, you know, laughing and joking, and, you know, playing around. So the last four days um, have been kind of like easy to, you know, get through the time passing and everything like that. I had a funeral I had to go to yesterday, so yesterday was a little bit. Uh, different than the other days, but it's easy to kind of with my family because it's, you know, we're, 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 you know, laid back kind of family and it's like, you know, a lot of jokes and fun and games. So, right. I mean, we saw that, easy. we saw that firsthand when we did, um, I think we had some of the cameras follow you guys around during your career and, and see, you know, that connection with your family. Uh, I'm curious, yeah. you know, since we last saw you on the court at BTN, I mean, I was there, uh, your last game, in the Big Ten tournament, mm -hmm. then you guys at the NIT. What have you been up to yeah. since your last game at Penn State? Fill everyone in where you've been playing besides Mexico. Like, take me through that path from yeah. from leaving campus to now. Um, so I uh, left Penn State, then I went to uh, Grand Rapids, um, the G League team for the Pistons, the Grand Rapids Drive. Yep, I played there last year. Um, came home and then I went to Mexico. So I'm only in year two and, um, I'm doing pretty well for myself. What city in Mexico are you, uh, you located in? This is my, uh, Mazatlan. It's in Sinaloa. 
Okay. How do you like the yeah. uh, the culture, the way of life down there? How have you adjusted? Uh, it's different. It's different, but um, it's pretty cool though. See, you know, another like uh, this. This is the first time I'm actually living in another country, so uh, getting used to their culture and their social norms and things like that was different at first. But um, after like you know a few weeks there, you're able to adjust and you know fit right in. Plus, I'm you know I'm I look like I'm a little bit anyway. <laughs> How was your uh, How's your Spanish? Uh, it's gotten better over the last few weeks. You know, I'm I'm learning. I was learning more and more. Plus, I was working with some of my Mexican teammates. Just on you know, my Spanish, just talking. You know, every day trying to get better at it, so I can at least understand what's going on. So this can apply to either the G League on the uh, your G League experience on the drive or in Mexico. Like, what was one of your welcome to pro ball moments? Like, I, I know, especially when I talk to players that have played overseas or um, yeah. played in some of the lower leagues. Like, there's always some crazy stuff that happens. So, did you have any of those moments that you were like, wow, this is, like, different from college? Um, uh, well, I realized my, my welcome to pro moment was, I think, uh, in um, Grand Rapids where, you know, it was, like, in practice. And it was like one of our first practices or whatever. And um, like I had a lot of vet- veterans on my team last year, and I was I think uh, me and one other guy was the only rookies. So uh, I was practicing, you know, really hard. Like how um, everyone knows how Coach Chambers runs his practices. You know what I mean? We mm-hmm. go hard. So I was used to that. And when I got to Grand Rapids, I was kind of like the same way. You know, I was in practice mode going hard or whatever so one of the vets had pulled me aside and was like yo you know this is only practice number two or number three like you're going hard like we got a full season bro you gotta you gotta you know tone it down a little bit you know we gotta we need that for the game not for practice and I was like you know like this is not how I practice you know we practice hard at Penn State or whatever and he was like man you got a whole season we need you for the game not for practice so that was kind of like my, my welcome to pro basketball moment. Like, wow, you know, it's a little bit different up there in the games. Or, or like another moment where it was like we lost. I think we lost our first game. And we wanted to win in our division at the end, but we lost our first game. And I was like real upset, like 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 mad, you know what I mean? And um, the vets, like every, everybody was just like cool, you know what I mean, after the game. Like everybody was good. It, it didn't really like matter and I was like damn like we just lost you know like nobody cares and he was like man we got a whole season ahead of us man this is one game you know we got a whole season that they you know when you in pro basketball they address you as rook like yeah. you don't even have a name that's pretty good you know what I mean your name is rook so it's like you know you gotta you gotta adjust to that too but like in pro basketball it's like you know it's a full season and you gotta, you gotta, you know, I guess, uh, pace yourself throughout the season to be able to make it the full season and 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 be prosperous throughout the season. So that was my welcome to pro moment. Like, yo, it's 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 different. You know what I mean? They need you for the whole season and not for a game. You know, for one game, you you empty the tank on one game and while the next game getting hurt. You know what I mean? Like, you gotta pace yourself and be able to make it through the full season, which I was blessed to do. And I think not many rookies do that. So I was blessed to be able to make it the full season and win the division. So it was good. It kind of reminds me of, I think it was Devin Booker who got mad at, I think it was Joakim Noah at getting double teamed in like a summer, uh, summer run. And yeah. <laughs> just, that just reminds me of like that mentality, I guess. And some NBA players have, or, or guys in the next level where it's like, yo, chill out. But you know, like you said, sure. people who know you and know, Penn State basketball, like I'm sure they're not surprised about hearing that story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so since you've been gone, obviously Penn State has, um, you know, you guys kind of ushered in the new era at Penn State. Yeah, uh, you, you built that thing. Yeah. But Penn State this yeah. year was poised to cross the finish line, make the tournament. They had a great year. What was it like to watch that season unfold from afar? And how did you kind of consume what was going on uh, in Happy Valley? I mean, that was my, um, like, what went down this year, that was my vision, you know what I mean, for 
artistic and what I wanted it to be. You know what I mean? When I went there, that was like everything that I wanted. That that was everything that I wanted for my career. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to leave the place in a different in a different state that I that I came into it. You know what I'm saying? Like I wanted it to be better and easier to recruit. And you know what I mean? It was it was and that's exactly what happened. You know what I mean? So last year, this past year, I saw everything come to fruition. Like, wow, like this is what this is what I dreamed of. You know what I mean? Penn State being a national powerhouse and you know what I mean, being a household name and kids are breaking the door down to go to Penn State wearing a few years ago. Nobody cared about Penn State. Nobody was breaking the door down to come there. You had to really beg players to come to Penn State. And now it's like, you know, we can go pick and choose whoever we want. So um, I was happy that I started something special. Um, I was happy that, you know, we were able to accomplish something while I was there. And Lamar and the gang coach took it to the next level. So, I mean, and Mike, you know, Lamar, Josh Reeves, they all took it to the next level. So I was happy to see, you know, everything that, you know, the guys before them, before me worked for. And, you know, they took it to that next level, which was great. Yeah, that's really well said, man. Um, It was impressive to see it all come together. But like I said, you guys built that thing, made it kind of cool to go to Penn State. Uh, especially yeah. those Philly boys, you know, who uh, we did the documentary feature on a couple years ago, and it was cool to see that all, like you said, play out. I was wondering, what were some of the favorite moments you had uh, watching the team? And, um, you know, what? how did you kind of watch them if you're downplaying in Mexico? How did you How did you get those games, uh, you know, on your phone or, or from wherever you were? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I used to watch them on my phone or at least, or at least keep up with, um, you know, uh, ESPN, the app on ESPN where it kind of show you some of the clips while the game is going on, some of the clips that happen throughout the game. But I just keep my eye on it, you know what I mean? I didn't really get to watch them, like, um, uh, uh, live, but after the game, you know, they have the videos where you can go watch and see what happened. Right. But um, they, um, they had some big wins this year. They beat Michigan State. Um which is always great, you know what I mean? When you can go and go to battle with, with a team like that, they knocked off Maryland. Uh, that was like like this year the Big Ten was competitive, and I thought that they were right at the top, you know what I mean? And that's a first. That's a first that I've seen that, you know what I mean, us at the top. I mean, they didn't finish strong, but for a majority of the season, they were at the top of the Big Ten. And that's an accomplishment in itself. Absolutely. And I was curious, do you keep in touch with Coach Chambers, any of those guys, uh, yeah. often at all? How do you guys keep in touch? And, and uh, what's your communication like with them? Uh, just texting, might get a call every now and then. You know what I'm saying? They they check on me and everything and see how I'm doing. And, you know, um, I might, I might call, you know, I don't, I don't like to bother anyone, you know, you know, during the season because I was there and I know, you know, what, the season is and what you go through in a season and, you know, different things on and off the court. So I kind of give Coach Chambers his space, give the team their space, you know, let them, you know, go through a season and progress. I don't want to get in between that unless I'm there. You know what I'm saying? But you might get a text every now and then or, or I might text them out the blue every now and then, hey, you know what I mean, good game or good luck or, you know what I'm saying, just, just, just things like that, words of encouragement just to keep them going, just to let them know that I'm watching. And um, I'm, I'm proud of, you know, what was going on up there at Penn State, man. It's, it's beautiful to see. And um, I was just happy to, you know, start something and be a part of something that's bigger than me. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's special. So Yeah, for sure. Um, it was interesting. Coach Chambers said, I think it was an interview with us, that either is about to go out or uh, just went out on our social media, he said he wasn't happy or, or was uh, disappointed that the NCAA didn't release like an official bracket, despite all the games being canceled. And, and I a hundred percent agree with him. Like, I think the teams that earned their way into the NCAA tournament, even though they didn't get to play, at least should have gotten to see their names on that official bracket. Like you should be able to officially put that you made the tournament this year. 
you had Penn State yeah. being one of those teams, like Rutgers would have been another one, and they hadn't made it in 29 years. So um, I'm curious on your thoughts on that, if, if if you agree with Coach Chambers that they would have made it official in some way. Yeah, I agree with Coach. Um, you know, just that, you know, to have that goal, I guess, taken away from you because of the virus, like I get it. Um, but it's always good to see that you accomplish something. You know what I mean? Like if, now it's like kind of like up in the air. You know, we did, we didn't. Like you don't really know. You know what I'm saying? Because you just don't. Now it's no, it's no, you know, guarantee that they made the tournament. Even though we know that they sh- they would have probably made it, but it's like no guarantee. It's not on paper, so you can't see it. I I personally think my team should have made a tournament. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if that happened, just think about if the coronavirus happened my senior year. Right. And there was no tournament. Right? People would have put us in a tournament. Would you have, Would you have preferred it played out like it did? Like, you guys win the NIT or, or like, having a, the unknown that is happening now? I mean, me personally, yeah. me and my teammates, we always talk about it like it. We were, we were so... We were in we were in such a good place and on like that 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 run that we had it didn't matter who we played like it didn't matter who we played we could have been in the NCAA tournament we could have been in the NIT tournament we really believed that that same thing would have happened because as you can see we ran through that NIT that NIT that was like we was, that was we was like men amongst boys it was like next. <laughs> yeah, we, we we were like men, men amongst boys there. It was like you know we we wanted to show everybody that they made a mistake. You know what I mean? We should have been in the tournament. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you yeah, guys show, you guys did show out. You guys had NCAA tournament talent that year for sure. I think there's no doubt this team yeah. in 2020 would have been selected. They would have had their name called for sure. But I'm curious. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And I'm curious going back to that year, your senior year. I was just watching a clip honestly to get ready for this interview. And uh, after your last game, you had 33 in that game against Purdue and kind of just broke down afterward in the tunnel. What was yeah. going through your mind in those moments? And, and what do you think about when you reflect on, you know, walking off for the last time at that point, not knowing if your name would be called in the NCAA tournament or not? Yeah, so before the game, I knew that, you know, I knew that we needed to beat Purdue, like to have the guarantee spot in the tournament, right? Before the game, I knew it. I said, this is the play. This is the game that we need right here. Like, it's in front of us, you know? And that's why I went off like that, because it was like, okay, the 33 was what was what my team needed, you know what I mean? Or, and we actually needed a little more. You know what I'm saying? We needed a little bit more, but that's why the game, for me, the game went like that, because I said, I knew I'm going to give my all. I'm going to put it all out there on the court. And um, we came up short, you know what I'm saying? And I knew, like, dang, our chances, it might have slipped by, you know what I mean, because we didn't win that game. That was probably the most important game of the season. And I wanted to give my best effort. So that 33 points, that was like me giving my best effort, you know what I'm saying? And for us to come up short, it kind of hit me hard, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, man, this is – I really gave it my all. You know what I mean? I, and, and we couldn't get it done. So, and and on top of that, our chances of making a tournament have probably been, you know what I mean, taken away from us because we didn't win that game. I, I knew that, you know what I mean? That was like a do or die situation. And it turned out to be what it was. But I didn't agree with the NCAA putting Trey Young in the tournament and not us when they were terrible. <laughs> Well, I do imagine, though, you had to get a little bit of, of solace knowing that, or afterwards, I guess, coming back to MSG like two weeks later and then tearing it up like you guys did. So you walked off that court a winner, you know? Yeah, I mean, some people would look at it like that. I didn't look at it like that. I looked at it like, you know what I mean? We didn't get it done. And and, and that and that was the and that was the most important thing for us. Like, I, I told my team before the game, like, yo, we need this. You know what I mean? This is the important game this is one of the most important games of our careers and this is where we got to band together and get it done no matter what and we ran we kind of like ran out of gas too so it was our third game in three days 
and I get it. But we fought. I could say that we fought, and I was at least proud of the way we fought, you know. So it was good. It was a learning experience, too. It brought us closer together. As you can see, we won the NIT, so. Yeah, I mean, I hear that uh, competitor in you, man. I can hear that 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 pain still in your voice, but you know that's yeah. that's what makes <laughs> that's what's got you got you to where you are now. So uh, I appreciate you reflecting candidly on that. Um, yeah. Before we wrap up, Shep, I want to just get some uh, lighter questions on your plate, real quick. You know, we're all dealing okay. with this uh, this situation and and trying to at least make the best of it. So I'm going to ask some questions about what you would uh what you would do around the house kind of in a rapid fire format so i'm just going to have you name some uh some pop culture type things and i'll i'll hit you one by one with the categories so uh, if you're ready to go right. let's do it um <clears throat> off the top name as many sports movies as you can like your favorite sports movies you would watch at home when you got all this time on your hands uh space jam uh he got game uh, uh um uh, Friday Night Lights, uh, Above the Rim, White Men Can't Jump. Um, Those are good ones. I was watching. Uh, yeah. I was watching the clip the other day from White Man Can't Jump where they hustle uh, Raymond in the. Yeah. <laughs> and then they have to all run. Yeah. I was I was cracking up at that. That's one of the that's one of the yeah. best movies. Uh, how about some yeah. How about some TV shows? Any TV shows you got um got going on or favorite uh, shows? Yeah, I like I like um I've been watching this new show All American. I've been watching that. Um, I like the old shows. Like I like Fresh Prince. I like Martin. Um, I like Good Times. Uh, I like Sanford and Son. Um, what else? Cartoon wise, I like The Proud Family. Proud Family is awesome. Yeah, I like The Proud Family. I like SpongeBob always. Uh. I'm a huge SpongeBob fan, and like it's crazy to me with SpongeBob how brilliant that comedy was because you can see it, it lasts, you know, now twenty years later with the whole meme culture, yeah. and, and it's still yeah. funny to this day. Yeah, SpongeBob is like the greatest. All right, we'll move on uh, to the next category. How about video games? Are you a video game guy? Yeah, I like I play Madden, I play Two uh, K, Call of Duty. You know, I'm a, I'm the average game guy. You know, I. I don't really play Fortnite. That's where everybody play. I don't really play Fortnite, but I I play the three, the Madden, the Two K, and the Call of Duty. They're my favorite. All right, we'll take it to uh, back old school. How about board games? See, I've been trying to. I, me and my uh, fiance, I've been trying to get to buy uh, board games, but we haven't bought any yet. But I've been trying to get some. I've been. I've been on her every day, like, yo, let's go get some board games from Walmart or whatever, and we haven't gotten any yet. But I love Monopoly, Scrabble. Um, I forget the the uh, the, one, the the game where you build build the blocks up and then you take one out. I like that game. Jenga. Without it falling. Jenga. I like Jenga, too. I, I We need to go. We're going to go today, actually. Thanks for asking. Yeah. We just got a, a giant Jenga at our – at our studio downtown. So when that opens back up here in Chicago, uh, if you ever come by, you know, we'll have to play some Jenga. Yeah. <laughs> uh, la- last one, Shep, um, for your home quarantine must-haves. Like, what do you need in your fridge or your pantry? What are, like, some snacks or food that you got to have? Oh, man, that's me. That's I'm a snack guy. We got chips, all types of chips, Oreos, uh, uh, cereal. Uh, yeah. Got some, we got some cookies, peanut butter and jelly, uh, Ritz crackers. Uh, we got everything. We we got we got we got everything. Well stocked and strapped up for the uh, yeah, we got for the long we haul. Could. Actually, yeah, last sure. last last question. I knew I had to ask you this before I let you go, uh, and I'm sure you get this one all the time, but. Uh, Flavor Flav's your your uh, your relative, and I know he was at some of the Penn State games. I saw he was at some of your your G League games. It's actually funny. Yeah. I, I ran into him in uh, in Las Vegas. Surprise, surprise. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a couple years ago, or a year or two ago, and um, yeah. kn- knowing you know, having talked to your mom through BTN for when she was a, a fan at your games, I was kind of like, hey, I know your family, and he he was happy to hear that. So I wanted to pass that along and uh, get your thoughts on uh, you know your your famous relative there. Oh man, Flav is a great dude. He's probably 
Bahama, my mom is probably my biggest fan. You know what I mean? He's always been huge supportive. You know, huge, huge support of me my whole life. You know, he always came to my games. Um, you know, he likes to play the back because you know he, the whole you know attention go go comes from the game. It goes to him. You know what I mean? He doesn't like that, so he tries to like come and sneak in whenever he can. But it's so hard to do. But um, you know, he he's a huge supporter of me. I appreciate him, and um, you know, he he um. He always comes and shows his face at least once or twice every year, wherever I'm at. So yeah, I mean, his face that's, lit that's up. He he lit up when I uh, and I told him that I, I knew of you and you know knew your family a little bit. Uh, so he's yeah. obviously proud of you, and uh, I'm sure Penn State fans are proud as well. And uh, yeah. Shep, appreciate you giving me some time, man. I know we got a lot of time in our hands, but uh, appreciate your reflection on your career and just updating us on what you're up to. Thanks for taking some time, man. Thank you. No problem, Alex. All right, thanks a lot to Shep for joining me. Really, uh, really enlightening interview from him. Guy got a chance to talk to him after uh, interviewing his mom multiple times a couple of years ago at the Big Ten tournament. She's a delight to talk to, and she uh, put me in touch with her son. So appreciate the the Garner household help making that happen. All right, we'll toss it over to Harold Shelton now. Me and him got on the old uh, the Zoom that pretty much all of corporate America's working with right now and um, had about a 30 minute long conversation under self quarantine. So check it out. Stay tuned. It's the Tick 10 podcast discussion with BTN researcher Harold Shelton. It starts right now. All right. We are back together while we're apart. Alex Rue, Harold Shelton here with the stat head segment, the first self quarantine stat head segment. Harold, it's been like two weeks since I talked to you, man. How are you doing uh, in the midst of all this craziness? I'm doing all right. You know, hopefully uh, you are as well. You know, everybody trying to practice, you know, social distancing and, uh, you know, trying to stay in the house as much as we can. And so I'm, I'm trying to do my part on that. But it certainly feels weird to uh, not be at work during this month, for sure. Right. Uh, you know, I've, I've kind of noticed more than ever, just kind of the weird, uh, the weird swings in, in the weather and things that like I wouldn't normally be blocking out of my head because there's March Madness to focus on. And, you know, now every little thing that's going on like outside my house, like if it's raining, if it's like 60 degrees, like a beautiful day like it was yesterday, and now back in the 30s, 40s today, I'm, I'm noticing it so much more because I don't have that distraction. So obviously, you know, very small potatoes compared to the overall crisis that's going on. But it's interesting how your mind can kind of adjust to these situations. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, for forever, at least since I've been in this business, everything kind of ramps up in this month and nothing else really matters. And you kind of notice all of the other stuff once uh, the tournament is over. But like you said, with no tournament, you everything else is kind of brought to the forefront. You know, you definitely notice a lot more, you know, everything that's around you. So it's two weeks since the Big Ten tournament was officially canceled, uh, recording this on March 26th. Um, and I think now that we've kind of adjusted to the new normal, it's interesting to reflect and look back on just how crazy and unprecedented those two days were. The Wednesday night where the NBA suspended their season and kind of simultaneously Fred Hoiberg uh, was visibly ill on the sideline in the first two, uh, in one of those first two Big Ten tournament games. And everything just kind of came crashing to a halt within that 24 hours. So if you could, I just want to get like your perspective on everything that happened also suddenly then, and then how things have kind of calmed down for you personally, you know, both at home and professionally, because, uh, you know, like, like we said, we're all kind of adjusting to this, this new lifestyle. Yeah. So I, I thought it was interesting, you know, I want to say it was early in the week uh, of the big 10 tournament where it came out that the Ivy league <clears throat> had canceled all of it canceled their tournament completely and eventually cancel all their spring sports. And they were the first to do so. And everybody was kind of like, wow, you know, that seems like a big mistake to cancel everything. You know, we don't know, you know, what's going to happen. You know, why, why would you do that already? Um, why not take the approach of no fans like others were doing or eventually would suggest to do? Uh, then Wednesday of the Big Ten tournament comes around, you know, there's – uh, games going. There's fans in the stands. 
Then we hear during that Minnesota Northwestern game that tomorrow the tournament will go on with no fans. Then the whole Fred Hoiberg being sick situation gets brought up. And, you know, they mention he looks under the weather during the game. He eventually leaves. The, uh, Doc Sadler has to finish the game. You saw one of the assistants, you know, kind of pretty much bathing in hand sanitizer on the bench next to him. And it got to a point where you're like, if he's sick and he has this, I don't think they're going to be games. And then the fact that they had to be quarantined and, you know, he rushed Hoiberg to the hospital. And I know we still had to wait. Uh, we did our show that night, but we still had to wait another 90 minutes or so just to kind of see if there was going to be any other news, if they were going to cancel the tournament that night. But, you know, once we found out that, you know, he just had influenza and didn't have COVID, we're like, okay, well, guess we'll be back here in the morning, Thursday morning. We're on the air. We're in the control room, and we hear that the tournament's being canceled. And so from then on, you know, it was like three, three and a half hours straight of just kind of reacting to that. And then one by one, you saw, you know, after Big Ten canceled, then it was, you know, Big 12 canceled and then SEC canceled and ACC. And, you know, the domino started to fall and it was kind of surreal watching the Big East still playing a game. You know, I think it was St. John's was playing, uh, I think it was Creighton at the time, and they still played a full first half. And then they eventually canceled their tournament. So you kind of saw the dominoes fall one by one. And then once that happened, you figured the NCAA tournament was to follow. And then that announcement came out later that day. And, you know, it was kind of it was just a shock to the system, a shock to the world. And, you know, it's it's been crazy. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes for me with things that go on in the world or global affairs or stuff that impacts us on a level beyond sports, I can tend to be pessimistic or, or glass half empty. And for whatever reason, I don't know why, I guess I just didn't anticipate this ever really reaching us on a personal level when we heard about the virus overseas in China, even when it got to Italy, you know, it still seemed very distant, right? And for it to, you know, affect us kind of also suddenly, at least from our, uh, from when our minds kind of grasped the problem, it was jarring. And, and I was kind of skeptical that it would even affect something as far away as the Olympics, I was like, well, you know, maybe this will get to our shores and <clears throat> affect the world, you know, in the, in the summer, or uh, I, I, just, I guess I perceived it as a very slow moving problem because it seems so far away. And one of my coworkers was saying, you know, this could affect the NCAA tournament. I was like, nah, like, no way. Like, you know, they're going to get the tournament in uh, big 10 tournament for sure. I thought it was, you know, surprising that, even our travel was restricted to the Big Ten tournament once those precautions started to be put in place. So the fact that it all happened so suddenly and then all of a sudden I found myself bargaining with myself almost like, okay, they're not going to – like the Big Ten tournament has no fans and the NCAA tournament has no fans, but the games will still be played. All right, you know, maybe the games won't be played right now, but at least, you know, they'll postpone it and they'll try again in May and June. And then all of a sudden even that's taken away from you. It was all just like very sudden and in – a crisis manifesting in a way that I think we're not used to seeing because things, you know, always seem so far away and never seem to, you know, affect something like sports, which always go on. Even after nine 11, there was like a week off and everything got back to normal. And I think every other crisis you can kind of look to sports as like the one thing that goes on, you know, mm-hmm. and the kind of act of defiance of like, yeah, like this way of life might've changed, but you know, our sports are going to go on. And, and with this, it's just not possible. So it, it's very unique. And, and, it's going to be interesting to reflect on when this is all over, just how massively it's kind of disrupted our lives. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, we were talking about, you know, how we couldn't wait to get down to Indy for the Big Ten tournament. And, you know, I remember being called into a meeting and, you know, they pretty much said, hey, look, you know, we're restricting travel, you know, all you know, non-essential people will be, you know, staying back. And just, so that pretty much meant all the studio crew would, be doing everything for Chicago and I was really bummed and I was kind of like you like I don't know how serious this is going to be you know so soon like obviously I know it, it's that's something out there and, and you know and maybe it's because you know we've had other issues in, in the past where it was you know the Ebola or SARS and you know H1N1 and you know they never seem to be uh 
they were they were threats for sure, but never to this level. And so I guess I kind of assumed it was going to be similar, and it clearly is not. And and we see, you know, with all the data that's coming out, with all the new cases that are being reported, you know, that this is, you know, stronger than any of those other ones I mentioned. And so they did the right thing. I, I certainly believe that. I just didn't think it would happen so soon. Right. So, you know, more on a personal level, how is this kind of disrupted your day-to-day work because obviously everyone's at home um you know for anyone listening who might not know like you and i do not work in the same department the the closest we really get is, is on the podcast kind of bringing our worlds together and once in a while you know leaning on each other for you bringing stats into to our world and us putting that into some sort of social content whether that be the podcast or some digital video that we do most weeks um so, you know, I've gotten a sense of how you guys are handling this, but I don't really know on your level what you have now to do that sports are, are done. That's what a lot of people are asking me, like people who are curious about my job or, um, you know, just in conversation, they're like, so with no sports, what are you, what are you guys doing? So I'll ask the same of you. Uh, what are you up to now, day-to-day basis at home? Hey, well, now it's, you know, kind of going to be turning my focus towards summer projects. You know, it was always the – huge football preview packet that I will work on, you know, throughout the summer, kind of send out before the bus tour starts. And, you know, I usually wouldn't get to that until, you know, probably May or June, but, you know, kind of getting a head start on that. I'm wondering how fast I should go because if this lingers even more and interrupts football, you wonder, um, you know, if, if we get to that point, would that be for naught? But, you know, I'm kind of getting a head start on that. I'm going to think positive and hopefully things kind of get back to normal by then. Uh, other than that, you know, I just was on the call, you know, right before this in terms of uh, looking at, you know, Big Ten records for, you know, a variety of sports and, you know, trying to get those in for on the remote side. So whenever a game does happen and, you know, a team or a player is approaching a record, we can already have that information available so they can be able to build that graphic on the fly in the truck and have the video ready. Uh, so whenever it, that record does get broken, <clears throat> everything is ready to go. Uh, so we're kind of trying to figure out how to divvy that up now and you kind of going through uh, different spreadsheets, broken down by school, broken down by sport. And that's going to kind of be, you know, what our situation is probably for the next couple months. Yeah, it's interesting. What we're seeing now that our studio is kind of shut down and there's not really a way to get current content on the air is now just being on the digital side and, and social media being our real only megaphone right now. It's like a lot of the TV talent that you work with more so now is is looking to us to get whatever they're creating at home now on social media. So, you know, that the funnel's kind of shifted. It's interesting to see. And if there's anything, not good, but just like a change that comes out of this, it's that maybe people who aren't traditionally used to going on social media might be more accustomed to it on the other side of this, um, this whole episode. So uh, it's just interesting to see, you know, our guys that we normally see on the air creating stuff with, like we see all across sports, you know, in their living room or their kitchen with, with uh, like we're doing now with um, a, a Zoom meeting, facilitating these interviews and uh, creating this content. So it's kind of fascinating to see on our end. But um, obviously pretty much everything we're talking about is in the scope of – how we consume things as fans. Like there's all types of serious consequences on the, in the outside world and, and, you know, don't want to downplay that at all. But uh, just since we are sports fans and sports media, uh, I did want to get your perspective on how this all kind of affected you as a fan and as a, uh, as a person in, in the sports industry and, you know, just being invested in Michigan state in particular and in the big 10 in particular, what did this whole crisis and the cascading effects from it, what did it leave you most disappointed with strictly from a sports perspective? Um, it's totally unique and unfortunate that Big Ten tournament and NCAA tournament are not happening. Because those aren't happening, what feels, I guess, most empty or what are you missing the most right now as a, uh, as a sports, as a consumer of sports? Uh, just no finality for the basketball season. You know, you, Everybody's done with their regular season. A lot of the smaller conferences are already done with their conference tournament. You know, the big payoff is going to be the NCAA tournament. We're going to figure out, uh, you know, who the champion is going to be. And it seemed to be a pretty wide open year. Could have been one of those years where, you know, 
you know, 10 to 12 different teams could have won it. Um, obviously, I thought Michigan State could have been one of those teams that would have done so. Uh, and it's one of those, like, we'll never know. So, you know, it's going to be a lot of what ifs. Um, you know, the fact that, you know, normally around this time, Michigan State starts to play pretty well in March. And it seemed like that was kind of going that way again. And, um, you know, my sister, who works for the University of Dayton, uh, also a Michigan State grad, you know, I feel really, really bad for her because I know, like, the that campus and that place was buzzing. You know, potential one seed, a potential Michigan State Dayton, you know, second weekend or final weekend matchup could have been a lot of fun for both of us. Um, and we just won't have that. And, you know, I feel really bad for, for a school like Dayton who hasn't had this level of success and who knows how long. You know, it's kind of hard to replicate that. You know, Rutgers – you know, they were going to break the streak of, you know, nearly 30 years out of tournament appearance. Won't be able to do it. You get Lamar Stevens, who's six points away from, you know, setting a Penn State scoring record. Won't be able to get it. Um, you know, Cassius Winston with a chance to, you know, get 2,000 points and 900 assists and, you know, maybe get to another Final Four. That won't be able to happen. And so, you know, I feel really bad for the, for the seniors who, you know, who thought they had at least one or two more games left and it just ends just like that. Yeah. A lot of really good points. I did feel terrible for Dayton in particular. Um, and you can kind of separate those scenarios because Dayton's a, a school that, you know, could have been one of the favorites to win it all. So you really feel for somebody in the middle of a dream season like that. But I also just feel bad that teams, and I talked about this with Shep on this episode. Um, and I've kind of been talking about with friends too, that the teams that, deserve to officially be in the NCAA tournament, like if there's a record book of this year, yep. that it doesn't exist in any official capacity. We know Penn State would have made it. Um, we know Rutgers would have made it, probably almost certainly would have made it. Um, Illinois is another team, you know, being from there, that uh, I think it's not fair that they couldn't have put a bracket together and made a fun afternoon out of a selection show. Uh, I don't really buy the, the, the <laughs> reasoning that it was too logistically complicated to put a bracket together. I mean, what, what else do we have going on right now? I guess besides like all the, the chaos that has been you know, bestowed on, on uh, people's worlds and turned upside down. I feel like even if they delayed it for a little while, they could have put a bracket together and, and given the teams that finality that we were seeking. So I was disappointed that, you know, for a team like Rutgers, they couldn't have said that they officially broke that. 29-year streak and and Penn State, you know, the um, uh, the nine-year streak of missing the NCAA tournament. So, for me, that was, you know, that was disappointing. Like And like you said, it was just a really fun year in Big Ten and college basketball overall. All season, everyone's been talking about how the field is wide open. Same thing with the Big Ten tournament. I think we were poised for a Big Ten tournament like we hadn't ever really seen. Um, it's ironic that this year on, on our Big Ten network social media channels, Pretty much from February on, like every night we were posting, if the Big Ten tournament ended today, here's how the seating would break down. And every night I was like, wow, this is going to be wild. Like imagine Penn State being the three seed or, or Rutgers sinking in that top four in a double bye. And then after all that and all that hype, we don't even get to see the Big Ten tournament. Uh, like if everything just would have crashed, you know, this is, this is just selfish sports fan of me meatball talking. But like if all this would have hit us a couple weeks later, we still would have got that finality. Um, but again, that's when you, you try and blend sports in real life, and it just doesn't really uh, compute like that. So, um, yeah, it's tough. I don't know. I'm just kind of kind of rambling at this point, but it's it's disappointing, and we're all just kind of left talking about what ifs. I will say though, there has been a lot of news. Like, I guess my brain didn't really register with because sports are over. That doesn't mean the sports news stops as well. Like, there's been a lot of NFL free agency talk and some Big Ten news as well. So. Uh, I guess we can just start with some of the, the transfers that we've seen so far and some of the, the declarations for NBA waters that are kind of uncertain right now because we don't know when all these preparations are going to be able to get underway. But um, just off the top, we saw Alan Griffin from Illinois, uh, DJ Carton from Ohio State, and Cam Mack from uh, Nebraska, all talented guards transferring. So I wanted to get your thoughts on maybe on level of surprise or, or uh, intrigue. How did those – decision strike you? Uh, I can't say I was too surprised with the Cam Mack one, um, especially kind of the way 
his season ended where, you know, he was kind of suspended, you know, didn't play, you know, the last few games. Um, the DJ Carden one, I guess I wasn't too surprised there since I know he had to take a leave of absence from the team. Uh, the Griffin one definitely seemed interesting, uh, at least the most interesting of the three. It was a, a rotation player who, you know, played a lot of minutes, was probably the best shooter on the team. Um, you know, definitely seemed to make an impact in a lot of games that he played. So the fact that uh, he left, especially considering how Io might or might not leave, you know, might have been more of a role there for him. Uh, if he would have stayed, it definitely seemed kind of strange. I feel like you might know a little bit more about that than I would as an Illinois guy. But um, from the outside looking in, it definitely seemed like a strange one. Yeah, the first two, I agree that, you know, Cam Mack, suspensions aside, I, I'm just not going to be surprised with any transfers early on in a rebuild like that. I think, you know, when there's a rebuild going on, transfers are expected anyway. But also with the type of program that we know Fred Hoiberg can build in college basketball, there's just going to be more transfers on top of, of uh, what you already see. So um, not surprising there. And then, yeah, DJ Carton with the um, issues he had. I, I know there's rumors about where he might end up. But, um, you know, obviously when you see someone take a leave of absence, it doesn't shock you to see them ultimately leave. But <clears throat> on the Alan Griffin front, when the news came in, I guess two days ago now, uh, I saw a lot of Illinois fans say they were shocked or this was shocking news. And I think it was surprising. I mean, he seemed like he enjoyed playing for Illinois and kind of bought into their everyday guys mentality, mantra, whatever they, they branded it. And uh, every, everything seemed genuine with him. But, you know, it didn't strike me as, as shocking at all, considering he, he didn't start very many games for Illinois. He's got a dad who's a NBA household name, NBA coach, uh, a brother who is going to Duke and is probably, you know, going to be a college basketball star. You know, someone like that, I'm sure, expects to play starter minutes and, and, you know, make their mark on college basketball. And I'd argue, you know, in some cases he, he earned the right to start. And, you know, for whatever reason, there were uh, Brad Underwood had other guys in Illinois that he felt comfortable uh, rolling out there as lineups. And, and you can't really argue with that system either because, you know, they won 21 games, especially in the top 25, and, and those lineups work. But, you know, if you're a player looking out for yourself as well, I can't really begrudge someone for putting up those numbers and that level of production and then feeling like they maybe deserve more playing time. I, don't, I can't speculate any further than that because I don't know, you know, his personal thoughts or the inside the locker room chemistry or any other mitigating factors or whatever. But uh, just when people said it was shocking, I thought that was, that was kind of interesting because if you watch that team all year, it's like you've got a guy who clearly is talented enough but uh, it's just not a fit right now, um, maybe. So, um, you know, I, I enjoyed watching him play for two years. I wish him the best of luck wherever he goes. And I think wherever he goes, the uh, team will be getting a good player. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Like you said, we just never know, you know, it's whether it's people in his ear, whether it was, you know, some kind of disagreement. I mean, we just literally have no idea why a lot of these kids wind up transferring. Um, but obviously, you know, hope for the best for all the all three of the guys that uh, have decided to leave. And I'm sure there'll be others who will probably uh, make that same decision and best of luck to, to them for wherever they go. Yeah. And there's some good transfer news, um, some positive news for big 10 teams or a big 10 team, in the transfer market, one football, one basketball. Um, we'll start with Seth Towns, right? If you got some background on him, let me know. Cause there are some stats I'm sure that people would want to hear. Um, and I, I followed it from afar, but was it kind of a surprise that he ended up at Ohio State? I wouldn't say a surprise per se, but I know he was a highly uh, sought-after uh, wing to begin with, and he's from Columbus, so I know he was a guy who always wanted to to go to Ohio State, so the fact that he was able to do so uh, certainly helped out. And, you know, just because Duke was the other school, because that's what I'm going off. of. It was like on social media, people were like, wow, like didn't didn't end up at Duke and all that. Um, but yeah, yeah I think hometown definitely played a big part uh, yeah. with that. Gotcha. And Ohio State football got an addition as well. Yeah, hey, I'm coming home. So I think that was really a huge, huge uh, reason why he did um, the fact that, you know, he averaged, you know, like 16 a game shot 44 percent from three. Uh, he's a guy that could step in and play right away. Um, I think that's a huge, huge get for the Buckeyes for sure. 
Yeah, they're still going to be tough next year. I mean, I like their their talent a lot, um, even though Weston has not decided yet unless um, unless it slipped by me. But they've got a, a lot of talent coming back, even though Carton's leaving. I, I really like EJ Liddell, Dwayne Washington, those guys. Uh, you know, they're a tough team. They're they're another team that I disappointed when we get to see them play in March because they had the, probably the best resume out of out of any Big Ten team. Uh, as far yeah, as wins go. They were really coming on late. You know, they had those January struggles, but kind of figured it out toward the end. You know, won five out of six entering the Big Ten tournament. I think they could have they could have been a real problem for somebody, um, probably as a four or a five seed. And again, just one of those <laughs> wish we could have seen it and we'll never know. All right, update me on the football side of things. They got a transfer as well, correct? Buckeyes? They did. Uh Trey Sermon from uh, Oklahoma a guy who will certainly help out with that backfield. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins is gone. Uh, Master Teague has been hurt. And so now they put a guy in who uh, is kind of an all-purpose guy, you know, very shifty, uh, uses balance, you know, also runs with power. And so it's a guy who certainly can help replace Dobbins, who, you know, turned into a workhorse down the stretch. You know, he was a guy who got – you know, 30-plus carries in a lot of their big games, you know, Michigan game, Wisconsin game, Penn State game, all down the stretch. Uh, obviously played a big part in the Clemson game as well. And so when you lose him and Master Teague winds up getting hurt, adding a guy who comes from, you know, a big-time program that's played in a lot of big games can certainly help fill that void. That's another area I'm interested to see how it's affected is the transfer market, especially in college football, because this is kind of the time of year – where people are looking to, you know, if they're grad transfers, looking for landing spots. Uh, visits are pretty much suspended right now, so it's not like people who might be able to get a feel for the potential new homes can do that. Uh, I'm curious how you think beyond basketball, this just this pause on college football, because basketball could get going again if, if things calm down in the summer. I think I think that, uh, you know, that recruiting cycle and, and transfer cycle could – avoid some of the major disruptions that we'll see with football but curious to see how you, uh, what you think about spring football being called off and you know potentially spring summer activities and recruiting being uh, disrupted and how it might play out with certain programs um, you know in the Big Ten and across the country. Uh, I feel that coaches who are taking over uh, you know first year guys are certainly affected by it the most uh, you know Greg Schiano at Rutgers I think you know a guy who's trying to build a program doesn't have those spring practices to evaluate certain guys. I think that certainly uh, hurts them. Uh, obviously, at Michigan State, Mel Tucker, uh, that's a guy who took over in February. So, I mean, at least Shiano, when he took over in December, he had a chance to at least talk to some guys, meet with some guys, kind of get his staff together, get on the same page. You know, Tucker probably had the job for, what, four to five weeks before this hit. You know, they hadn't even gotten a chance to start spring practice yet. And so everything is being done now, you know, via Zoom. And, you know, he's been – I don't know if you've followed him on, on Twitter or not, but he's been uh, very open, very transparent in terms of, you know, how the staff was, you know, trying to communicate with people, how they're trying to watch film, you know, having team meetings on Zoom with 50 to 60 guys in it. And you know, that's kind of the new, the new normal right now. I saw that uh, you know, their defensive coordinator, uh, he's still in Kansas right now, you know, with the quarantine. And so, you know, he's trying to run his meetings from there. Um, and obviously they said it's a little better than they thought it would be, but obviously you can't evaluate the stuff if you can't hold the practice. And and so I'd say between new coaches that are starting and then any team that has any quarterback uh, races or controversies, I think it certainly affects them um, just because they don't have that opportunity to, to break down those, those practices to see how those guys uh, perform once, you know, the bullets start flying. And so, you know, hopefully we can get some clarity in terms of when we can start back. Um, you know, I heard, you know, there's a potential, you know, like mini camp situation, maybe in June or July to kind of help the the loss of spring ball. You know, obviously probably won't be as long as the two or three weeks, but maybe it could be, you know, a crash course, you know, OTA kind of situation to kind of uh, help bring some of those practices back. But I think those situations, those coaches and those teams are certainly behind the eight ball. 
Yeah, all good points for sure. Uh, before we wrap up, H, I want to get your thoughts on one more topic. It kind of ties in with, you know, what we were talking about earlier, the lack of finality or the missed opportunities that we saw, especially from guys like Mar Stevens, Cassius Winston. It's the topic or debate or vote even that I saw uh, scheduled to happen, I think, March 30th. The NCAA potentially allowing uh, an extra year eligibility for departing seniors or people who have used up all their eligibility. Um, where do you fall on this debate? Do you think people should get another opportunity to play, you know, and, and finish out their careers in the winter sports side of things? Spring sports, I don't think there's any really debate to be had. I think we can agree that anyone participating in NCAA spring sports should, should get another crack at it. Um, but what do you think about, you know, sports like basketball where, like you said, Lamar Stevens is six points away. Cash Winston uh, was almost at, at, at 2K. And so many other guys that, you know, from stars to role players didn't get a chance to end their season before it was cut short, uh, ended on their terms. So what's your, uh, what's your stance? And, and you know, I, I think it's one of those situations where it's not exactly black and white, but what do you think? It's really tricky. Um, if I had to vote, I would probably vote against it. Um, I just feel like, you know, what, 85 to 90% of their season was complete. There just wasn't the capper at the end. Obviously, um, you know, an unforeseen event changed things. It wasn't like it was an injury or something like that. It was something that affected every school um, and every winter sport. But even with wrestling, you know, you're pretty much at the end, hockey pretty much at the end. And obviously it sucks that you couldn't get to play in the postseason, but you still were able to play probably 80 to 85% of your season. And then on top of that, I'm sure a lot of people recruited to a certain point of, okay, well, when this guy graduates, you will be the next guy in charge. Mm -hmm. So then if those players return, how does that affect, no team chemistry, how does that affect recruiting going forward? I think it just gets really, really tricky at that point. Um, that said, if the NCAA decides to rule in favor of the seniors coming back, as a fan, I think that'd be awesome just to kind of see those guys for an extra year. But I think it's a really, really tricky thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for uh, player freedom. And I think giving them the option would be the right thing to do. But I, I definitely see what you're saying about consequences that we may not be able to uh you know see on the surface right now playing out you definitely have to amend uh scholarship limits for a year or so you know just give coaches the uh the chance to adjust to like you said had, had recruited not, maybe not over but uh feeling like we're filling out their rosters and and have those scholarship limits to adhere to so there's a lot of uh like you said a lot of red tape that would go into that um i think a lot of guys that given the option would probably leave anyway. I mean, not everyone wants to be in college for beyond four years. And, and for basketball players in particular, there's money to be made on the other side of things. So, you know, I'm not sure even if Cassius Winston had the choice that he would come back and try and complete, um, you know, whatever he felt was unfinished. So it was interesting to see. We should get hopefully a resolution on that by the end of the month here. Um, I, I think I saw March 30th was the, the day. I could be wrong on that, but um, yeah, I'll keep it right. on for sure. All right. Uh, but that's all I had for you, H. You know, a lot of good discussion. I wanted to just catch up more than anything, um, get, keep the podcast rolling as much as possible. And like anything, the future is going to be uncertain, but uh, I think we can count on doing this as, uh, you know, as often as possible and, and keeping things at a semi-regular pace while, you know, everything kind of chaos around us outside these walls. So if you're down, uh, we'll, we'll keep coming back every once in a while. Yeah, I'm definitely down with that. And uh, in the meantime, you go ahead and fire up that 2005 Elite Eight, and I'll fire up last year's Duke game, and we'll have fun that way. Yeah, man. I don't know if you've seen, but the uh, it's been fun trying to get fans to vote on the games that were airing on BTN, some of those classic games. I know Michigan State Duke game was one, and the I think it, I think it is going to air on a couple days here because it won the poll, and uh, Illinois Arizona was also one of the winning so, hitters. So so, uh, yeah, exactly. So some, some good stuff on BTN. Uh, I'm glad we were let, able to let fans kind of vote on which games they wanted to see. Um, 
kind of in a unique position as a network there to do that. A lot of, a lot of other places can't say the same uh, as far as, you know, actually letting fans have a voice, putting on what, uh, putting programming together and, and deciding what goes on air. So it should be fun. And uh, we'll have to keep ourselves entertained in, in those types of ways until this whole thing, uh, you know, is a thing of the past. Yeah, exactly. You know, we'll always make do, you know, just a matter of being safe and you know, try to flatten this curve so we can kind of get back to normal. All right, man. Till next time, take care and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, man. Be safe. All right. Thanks again to Harold and Chet for taking the time to join me. Thank you out there to everyone who's listening. And, um, you know, it's for me fun to kind of do something that feels normal again. Talk to athletes, you know, talk to Harold, do stuff that was routine as of a couple weeks ago. And, you know, you know, now with everything seeming not so routine, it's good to fall back into something more comfortable. So hopefully that's the same on the listening side of things. And we'll continue to roll out these episodes as often as possible. And, you know, it's good for me because now athletes and personalities and whoever I'm seeking out has no excuse. They kind of have to come on because I know they're not doing anything uh, better right now. So um, hopefully we can continue to turn out some more content, some more episodes. And till then, uh, thanks to Julie Bronder for producing the show. Thank you to everyone out there who is uh, listening and staying at home and flattening the curve and abiding by the rules and regulations of your your local municipality or government or state government or whatever you're doing to to help out this effort and um until then or until next time we'll talk to you soon here on the take 10 podcast